Uh, and I will be in, in Nehemiah chapter number 6 again this evening if you want to turn there. Uh, do pray for our nation. Um, uh, I don't think I have to tell you this is a pivotal time in our nation's history. Um, I, I, I will give you the thought of part of what I was going to preach tonight. The Bible says there's no new thing under the sun. Our nation has been at this point before. I'll give you one illustration. In, in the year 1860, of course, Abraham Lincoln was elected to be our 16th president. And our nation, for a lot of reasons, was at a time of turmoil. Now, obviously, no, a huge issue at that point was slavery. And, of course, no man should ever own another man. Uh, that, is, that is a scourge on our history. Uh, but no new thing under the sun. When Lincoln was elected, uh, what accelerated the succession of other states was the news media printing in the newspapers saying things that Lincoln said that Lincoln never said, saying that he was going to do to them and their wives and their families that Lincoln never said that. And it was the news media that fanned the flames of succession and so there, there was a lot, I say all that to say this, there's no new thing under the sun. Uh, and I want us to be mindful of Bible principles, mindful of our responsibility, uh, not just as Christians, but as citizens. Pray. We have a responsibility to pray for our leaders. Uh, I, I hope that you're praying for our president. Uh, I, I, don't, I get exhausted just looking at a schedule. Uh, I hope you pray for him. I hope you see what's going on in our nation, that there are many in our nation that do not love our country. Uh, they do not love the things that we hold dear. And uh, pray for our, our leadership. Pray for our local leaders, our state leaders. And certainly, as the election gets close, I do urge you to vote and uh, vote according to the Word of God. And uh, don't, don't sit out the election. And uh, don't, don't do that. And so let's, let's keep our responsibility but as I said this morning, and I've said often, uh, the responsibility of the church is to reach the world with the gospel. And as long as we continue to do that, uh, God will take care of a, lot of, all the, of a lot of these other things. And so I want to touch on that this evening. Nehemiah chapter number 6. I'm going to read the first verse of Scripture. Some of this we read uh, this, this morning. Uh, but the Lord uh, changed my mind for what I was going to preach tonight and put this thought on my, my, on my heart. So Nehemiah chapter number 6. I'll let you stand for just a moment because we've been sitting for a while. If you're able to stand, I'm going to read one verse of Scripture to begin with, and then we'll have a word of prayer. Verse number 1. Now it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arabian and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall, that there was no breach left therein, though at that time I had not set up the doors Upon the gates. I'll stop reading there for now. Of course, we know uh, Sambala and Tobiah are now going to want to make a bargain and get Nehemiah off the wall. Uh, but I want us to notice in this verse of scripture is a phrase there in the second half of this verse. It says, And there, and that there was no breach left therein. I want to challenge us with a thought tonight. And I won't preach very long because I know we're taking a lot of time. I want to challenge us with a thought tonight. If, if we could sit here this evening and talk about, again, all that God has done through the years in length, we'd be here a long time. Even from 2018, just those things that the Lord has allowed us to accomplish in that booklet, that, that's a pretty amazing thing. That's a pretty lengthy list. I want to remind you of the miracle of this property. 
you know where we were and that God had given us that 35 acres. But God kept closing door after door after door. I was out of town with my wife. I was out of town preaching in another state. And the Lord just impressed upon me. I was praying, Lord, why, why, can't, why can't we uh, move forward? What is it? He impressed upon me, you're moving again. And of course, you know, my first thought was, oh, how in the world am I going to tell these people that we're moving again? I looked at this property because the Lord put this property on my mind on a Wednesday. I was back in town. I brought some of the staff men over here. We looked at this property on Thursday. On Friday, we had an offer on our current church property that we were, that we were, we were, we were in. God did those things. God worked all that out. I want to remind us that a lot has been done. But I want us to look at this phrase. Nehemiah said that there was no breach left. Uh, a lot of works through the years have gotten started. There's been a lot of vision cast, but not every work has been completed. Not every wall has been left with no breach. And sometimes because we have a success when we build one, one part of the wall, we, don't see, we fail to see the importance of completing the entire task. So my thought to, for me and for you tonight, the challenge is this. When my life is over, when God calls me home, or when that trumpet sounds, I want to leave no breach therein. Uh, you, as a Christian, you, as a child of God, you, as a church member, I hope that that will, thought will get a hold of you, that God will use your life as you serve Him, and together, as the Emmanuel Baptist Church, what we accomplish, we leave no breach. We leave no opening in the wall. We accomplish everything that God has us to accomplish. And so that's my thought tonight, to leave no breach. Father, I pray that you'll help us as we look into your word this evening. I pray that this thought, this truth will grab a hold of us. It'll encourage us. It will also challenge us to finish our race and to finish what you have for us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we consider Nehemiah once again, and of course this morning we spend our message, our time in several passages in Nehemiah, we know from that and from just general Bible knowledge that God used Nehemiah to do a very significant work. And may I remind you that on the surface, if we look at Nehemiah and say he built a wall, we may not understand the significance of the rebuilding of that wall. It was a very significant thing for the people of God. Let me, not, let me remind us once again, what we accomplish for the Lord may seem insignificant in the eyes of others, and sometimes it may even seem insignificant in our eyes, but in the mind and the sight of God, it is not insignificant. If the Lord Jesus would say, if a cup of cold water is given in my name, uh, he takes notice of that, I would dare say what we accomplish as a church for his honor and for his glory, God in heaven takes notice of that. Let me pause right there and just let us dwell just a moment. The fact that a work that we do for him, he recognizes. He takes note of it. Let me remind us who we serve tonight. We don't serve a God fashioned out of stone or out of wood. We serve a God who sits on his throne above the heavens, who's created all things. We serve the Holy one. We serve the creator of all things. And we get the opportunity to serve him. But when, as I've already mentioned, when my life is over, and I want to remind all of us here, we've got one life. 
We have one opportunity in this world, the life that God has given us, and, and quite frankly, we want to be, ought to be reminded that we may not have all the time that we think we have. And I'll remind us as a church, as we've often said just in passing through the months, oh, the, the, the Lord's return is imminent. He could come today. Things that are taking place is just getting this world ready for Christ to call all of us home. And I certainly believe that is true. But if that's true, uh, we better get busy so that we don't leave a breach. So there's no opening left in the work that God has for us to do. Now, there, there's a work that God would have me to do in my own life. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the leader of my home. I'm the father to my children. I have a responsibility there. Then as a Christian, as a servant of God, I have other responsibilities, as do you, that only you can fulfill. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if all of God's people said, with the time that I have before Christ calls me home, I want to do the work that God has for me to do. I want to witness to everyone I should witness to. I want to give everything that I should give. I want to labor in every way that I should labor. I want to pray every prayer that I should pray. I want to make every sacrifice that would be required of me. I don't want to leave a breach. I wonder how many come to the end of their life and they've left. It's not what they've accomplished. What sticks in their mind is what they didn't finish. There's a lot of great works that started. They didn't finish. There's a lot that was accomplished for the Lord that got started. There's a lot of vision cast, but they did not get completed. There's great significance in what Nehemiah says. We know, just from the message this morning, that the enemies of God came forth when the work began to be built. And that is true, and I'll remind you again of that this evening. And there was great sacrifice that had to be made. And we come to chapter number 6 once again, the temptation to come down off the wall. And we see in, we'll see in, in some verses in just a moment, of course, Nehemiah did not do that, but I want you to let the words once again that he says, that there was no breach left therein. Nehemiah was busy with the work that God has given him to do. Now let me say as a church, God's given us a work. He's given us some things that we have to get done. I praise God for every like-minded Bible-preaching church that exists on this planet. And let me remind all of us, we are not the only ones who believe what we believe. We are not the only churches who stand on this book. I thank God for every Bible-preaching church. I thank God for every church that's doing their best to win, win this lost world with the gospel. But can I just say, God has given us some things to do that He has not given others to do. He's going to give us opportunities of ministry that others do not have. Why God has allowed that, I can't tell you that, but the fact is that He has. And when, I, when, I, when God is done with me, I want there to be no breach left. When the walls are in shambles, and this is what we have a tendency to do, especially in a church like this who's been at this for so many years. When Nehemiah, we find in, in chapter number 2, and we'll turn there in just a moment, we find him going and seeing everything in rubble. One wall up was better than it was. If half the wall had been built, wasn't it better than it was? And I'm afraid that's the failure of a lot of Christians. Because we look at what has been done, and I don't want to minimize anything that has been done for the cause of Christ. I just want to put the extra focus on finishing the entire work for Christ. And that's parents finishing and rearing your children. A lot of parents start out how they should start out when those kids are little. 
and their babies. And they don't talk back. And they don't have a mind of their own. At least one they can't express in complete sentences yet. But then when they get to be teenagers, there's a little bit harder decisions that have to be made. There's, there's, some, there's some lines that have to be drawn. And quite frankly, they don't, they don't leave no breach when it comes to rearing their children. Same can be true in marriage. Same can be true in whatever your ministry is and collectively as a church. I say this with no pride tonight. It's just a fact. If we didn't do another thing for the cause of Christ, we could say to God's glory, we've done a lot in His name. There, there are, there are and, and I was having a conversation with somebody this morning uh, even, and, and I have these conversations all the time with somebody who used to ride our buses and now they're somewhere else and they're saved and their family saved. And, and the impact of this church is long-standing. But could we say, if we quit today, that we've left no breach? I would say no, because there's more that God will want us to do. And I look around the room and I think about our church family, it's a humbling thing for this man to pastor the people that I pastor, because there are Christians who have served faithfully as long as I've been alive. And I'm not saying that to make you feel old. It's just a, it's just a testimony to your longevity and your faithfulness. But I, I, I say that to say this. Don't rest on what's been done. God's still got you here. You're still part of this church. Let's continue to work together so that we don't leave a breach. So we don't leave something undone. Wouldn't it be a satisfying thing to leave this life and enter into the next in the presence of our Savior? having completed everything that God has asked us to complete. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing to have used our life? And that's why I want the young people to listen to me. I want the teenagers to listen to me. I want the, the young adults to listen to me. You have opportunities that your parents, in many cases, did not have. You can use your whole life to serve the Lord. You can use your whole life to work for Him. You can use... While you still have strength, you may not have sense, but you still have strength, uh, and you still have, you have some opportunities, you can use your whole, that's why I challenge you the way I challenge you, is because you have an opportunity that when you are well up in your years, you can look back on your life and say, wow, what an opportunity God gave me to use my entire life to make a difference for His cause. I want us to notice several things as we consider leaving no breach, leaving no opening, uh, by the way, before I, I, I mention these things, what, what good is a wall if it's not complete? Uh, the enemy can still get in. Uh, the work needs to be done. What was a testimony to the Lord was the fact that it was finished. Now, let's notice several things. What was this statement that he makes? There was no breach. Number one, it was a fulfillment of vision. If we look back in chapter number two, we see the vision of Nehemiah. In verse number 12 of chapter 2, And I arose in the night, and I, night I and some few men with me, neither told I any man what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Neither was there any beast with me, save the beast that I rode upon. And I went out by night by the gate of the valley, even before the dragon well, to the dung port, and viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down, and the gates thereof were consumed with fire. Then I went on to the gate of the fountain and to the king's pool, but there was no place for the beast that was under me to pass. 
Then went I up in the night by the brook and viewed the wall and turned back and entered by the gate of the valley and so returned. Uh, this morning we considered in chapter number 1 and verse 4 the, the grieving, the, the mourning that Nehemiah had when he heard of the condition of Jerusalem and how he had heard of the fate of those who, had, who were left in captivity. And the walls had been torn down. The city had been destroyed. I personally believe that in this passage we just read in verse number 12, all the way down through verse 15, we find the vision is born that came out of the burden that Nehemiah had. I believe as he wandered around the city in the night, I believe he looked at the destruction that was there. And we get a description of where a wall should have been, it was not there. There was places that the beast he was riding could not pass because they could not fit in there. He was evident as he evaluated that the situation was as bad as it had been reported to him. But let me tell you also what I believe happened on that night. I believe not only Nehemiah saw the destruction, but I believe he saw the walls rebuilt. I believe in his mind's eye he saw the the walls built around that city and what it would look like when the, the work was done. And no longer would you see the rubble and no longer would you see the walls destroyed, but you would see those walls built. I believe not only did he view the, 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 the victory of the enemy, but he, he viewed the, the rising of God's people again and, and the doing of a work. And when he stated in chapter number 6 that there was no breach therein, it was a fulfillment of a vision. It was a, a fulfillment of what came from a burden in chapter 1 and chapter number 2. Tonight, let me encourage you to get a vision of what you can do for God. Get a vision while your children are in that nursery of them serving God with their life. Get a vision, that new convert that you look at and say, well, I don't know if they'll ever be to church. If they do, I don't know what God will ever do with them. Why don't you get a vision of what they could be for God? Once you get a vision of what they could do for God, once you get a vision of what God could do in your life, hey, I want you to get a vision for your own life. Oh, I believe the devil has crippled the work of God because there are Christians who sit in churches and they have a desire in their heart to serve the Lord, but the devil has convinced them that they can do nothing for God. There's no work for them to do. And I wish some of you, quite frankly, not as your pastor, if I could say this to you, I wish you'd get a vision of your own life in what God would do for you. Your pastor has one for you. Uh, you're, you're, in many cases, young people, you're, you're, your parents have one for you. Get a vision of what you could do for your life and what can be done for, for the cause of Christ. You know, it's a wonderful thing. It'll be a wonderful thing in Jacksonville, Florida, if the people of Emmanuel Baptist Church uh, literally and, and, and figuratively would get up in the middle of the night and see the destruction that is in their city and get a vision of what God can do. Before a work is ever done for God, somebody's got to see it. Somebody's got to look at what could be done. And I'm sorry, you wandered into the Emmanuel Baptist Church. There's not a pastor here who thinks works that have been done are over and they can't be accomplished anymore. I want to look ahead to see what God can do. And if you think 32 items are big, I haven't put on paper what I think God could do. But there's got to be a vision. Get a vision for yourself. Those of you that teach Sunday school, get a vision of what can be done with those kids that sit in your Sunday school class. 
Those of you that are serving other ministries, get a vision of what you can do. God wants to use your life. Don't just sit on a pew. Do something for Him. Don't let time pass you by and leave the breach. May we be able to say there's no breach left. First of all, it was a fulfillment of vision. Second of all, it was an overcoming of obstacles. I wonder how satisfying it was for Nehemiah in Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 1. When Sambala and Tobiah are back. They had been there before. When they first came, they were mocking. Remember? Well, if a fox runs up there, they were tweeting back and forth. If a fox runs up there, it's going to knock the wall over. They had been there before. They had been there before when they had heard the conspiracy of how the enemy was going to take their lives and kill them for the work they were doing. And by the way, building a wall is not easy. This is not a fence where you call the fence installer and say, hey, I want you to, here's my survey, I want you to put up a privacy fence for me. No, 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 no. And really it puts in perspective, having been to Jerusalem and the size of the walls and those stones that had to be uncovered, those stones where they were laid, you talk about a, a burdensome labor to get a, get a work done. In order for him to have the satisfaction, in chapter number 6 and verse 1, when the enemy comes to him and him to say, there was no breach in the wall, there was a lot of obstacles that had to be overcome. And might I say, as a church, if we're going to leave no breach, there's going to be obstacles that we have to overcome. In your own home, if there's going to be no breach, there's going to be obstacles that you have to overcome. Christian, in your own life, there's going to be obstacles that you have to overcome if you're going to do what you could do for God. But can I say to you, to all of us tonight, they can be overcome. Those obstacles can be overcome. And sometimes they look like they're too big to be overcome, but you just trust the Lord. You stay true to the things that you know that are in the Word of God, and you can overcome those obstacles. So when there was no breach, there was an overcoming of obstacles. And let me this is a good reminder for us tonight. Anything that's done for God, there will be challenges. If building a word for God, you young men, that you feel like God has a call in your life, and you want to feel like God wants you to be a preacher, be in the ministry, let me tell you something. If building a word for God was easy, everybody would be doing it. If, if, if building... A, a, another generation to serve God was easy. Everybody be doing it. A lot quit, not because they think it's wrong, because they don't want to pay the price to see it done. It's not easy to rear children for the Lord in this day. There's going to be obstacles. And the day we live in is true of this day. It's been true of any day. If you're really going to build a work for the Lord, there's going to be obstacles. But can I say, it can be done. It can be done. And to leave no breach is to overcome the obstacles. Now, number three, to leave no breach is to be committed to the task. Our, cause this, our, our, our theme this year is committed to the cause. And we're reminded in our message tonight, if we're going to leave no breach in the wall, no breach in what God has given us to do, we must be committed to the task. 
Nehemiah was not half in, half out. And dare I say, those that served with Nehemiah, neither were they. They were committed as well. I would guess you'd be committed if you had to have a sword in one hand and a trowel in the other. I guess you're pretty committed if you hear of a conspiracy to take your life and you still go to the wall to finish the job that God has given. And if we are going to do as a church that which God would have us to do, it's going to take commitment. It's amazing to me how Christians are afraid of commitment. They won't, don't want to commit to God. They don't want to commit to serving the church. They don't, well, Pastor, I do that, but, then, but I just don't know that I can make that commitment. But yet we think about 30 seconds of committing to a seven-year car loan, committing to a 30-year mortgage, or making other commitments when we ought to be willing to commit to the task that God has for us to do. In Nehemiah chapter number 4, in verse 6, So built we the wall. This is after they were facing some mocking by Sambilat and Tobiah. In chapter 4, verse 6, it says, So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof. Notice this next phrase. For the people had a mind to work. I'm not against leisure. I'm not against play. But walls don't get built when the people just have a mind to play. Walls don't get built. Works don't get done when people just have a mind to be entertained. A quote-unquote church can balloon up in their attendance. But if they're not building lives for God and they just have a desire to be entertained and to entertain, there's nothing to be accomplished for God. It'll all melt away. So what do the people have to do? They have to have a mind to work. In order to work, you've got to be committed to the work. I thank God for the commitment of the Emmanuel Baptist Church. I thank God for the commitment of you, the faithful people of Emmanuel Baptist Church. The work around here gets done because of your faithfulness, because of your commitment, because of your willingness to serve. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to challenge us tonight to continue that commitment, to recommit, if you will, to the work so that we don't leave. We've been committed to this point, and quite frankly, for several years, we've been on a journey that we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for commitment but I want us to look back and say, praise God for, the, for, for His goodness and praise God for his, Him blessing the faithfulness. But friend, if we don't continue to be committed moving forward, there will be breaches left in the work of God. Let's make a commitment to Him. We need young people. We need another generation. We need our teenagers to say, all right, I'm making a commitment. I'm going to give God my life. Then as they get older, we need them to say, I'm going to keep the commitment that I made as a teenager. And we need moms and dads who committed in, a, in, in dedicating their children. We, 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 in that ceremony, if you will, at that time, we say, we're going to commit to, to rearing our children according to the things of God, uh, to, to keep that commitment when they get to be 12 and 13 and 17 and 18 and continue to be committed to doing the work. Otherwise, there's going to be a breach left. Is going to be part of the work that is undone. Tonight, I'm not 
shining a light on unfaithfulness because I can't. You're faithful. We have to give God the glory for what He's done for us as a church and for what He continues to do for us as a church. But I use this action Sunday, I use this message tonight to remind us that if we're going to complete everything that God has for us to do, we've got to make sure that we all are committed to doing the work that God has for us. There's a work that God has for me to do as the pastor of this church. Quite frankly, it's a work that only I can do as the pastor of this church. But there's a work that God wants you to do as a member of the Emmanuel Baptist Church. And in many, if not most cases, it's a work that only you can do for the Emmanuel Baptist Church. We must be committed. And then finally, number six, when he states, or number four, when he states that there was no breach left therein, it was a testimony to the Lord. Why must we leave no breach? Because God is worthy of that. Christian, why must you stay faithful till God calls you home? Because God's worthy of that. Mom and Dad, why must you be faithful in rearing your children for the Lord and you being faithful to the things of God? Because your God is worthy of that. Emmanuel Baptist Church, why do we, why should we stay faithful to this book and never stray from this book and continue to preach the Word of God and stand on the Word of God and and obey God. Is it because we can wear it as a status symbol in the religious world? Oh, no, it's because God is worthy of His church to be faithful to His Word as a testimony and an honor to Him. And when Nehemiah makes that statement in the first verse of chapter 6, that there was, when that statement is made, and that there was no breach left therein, it was a testimony to the Lord. I draw your attention to the same chapter, verse 15 and 16. These two verses I'm, I'm, I'm going to read come after they barter with Nehemiah again, trying to get him away from the work of God. We know that the challenges that have taken place. Now look at verse 15 and 16 of chapter number 6. So the wall was finished in the 20 and 5th day of the month, Elu, in 50 and 2 days. And it came to pass that when all our enemies heard thereof, and all the heathen that were about us saw these things, They were much cast down in their own eyes, for they perceived that this work was wrought of our God. What are those verses of Scripture saying? When the work was done, those that tried to hinder the work knew and had to admit God did that. That was God's work. It was accomplished. I imagine there were several times, and I can only imagine this in the ministry of Nehemiah as he's building that wall, that he wanted to come down off that wall. Let me just deal with them and be done with them. But he stayed on the wall and did the work. Because the time came in this chapter 
But the enemy came back and tried to barter with him again, but this time he could say, there's no breaches in this wall. We got to put the gates on. That's the last thing we have to do, but the wall is built. And then we have the declaration in verse 15 and 16, the wall was finished and the heathen and the enemies, they perceived that this work was wrought of our God. See, a completion of God's work when we leave no breach is a testimony to the Lord. Our God is worthy of our best effort. Our God is worthy of our faithfulness. Our God is worthy of every sacrifice, of, of, of every, every, every time we could have had some extra time, we gave it to Him. He's worthy of that. He's worthy of the work that should be done. He's worthy of your home being honor and glory to Him. He's worthy of this church to try to do great things for Him. And what are doing great things for Him? It's reaching more people with the gospel. It's influencing more lives. It's, it's building more people. And as a testimony to the Lord, I imagine that Nehemiah felt pretty satisfied. I imagine as those verses declare, the wall is finished. I might would imagine, I wonder, if he felt like it was worth all the battle, all the hard work, all the sacrifice, all the toil. Well, I'll answer that question. I think he felt like it was worth it. Because he left no breach. I don't know what the current statistics are. But the last time I looked, the average length of service for a church member was seven years. As a pastor, you can plan on getting seven years. It's even worse for pastors. The average length of service was three years or less. Because people are hard on a pastor. I know there's circumstances that might dictate either a church member moving on or a pastor moving on. But I think those statistics are a sad testimony to the people of God. How can you build a work as a pastor in three years? How can you build a life? How can you help build homes? And again, I understand there are circumstances that would prohibit that. But as an average, and for a church member on average to serve or last, if you will, for seven years. Now, I know that I'm preaching to an above-average church tonight. See, I'm, already twice, I'm already twice what the average pastor is. How about that? Many of you are two times and three times and four times and five times what the average church member has, it, it serves. So I wonder, that, that, that is sad to me. My challenge to us tonight as we close is not to hit the average, is not to be average. 
not to be satisfied with part of the wall being rebuilt? Well, Pastor, after all, it's better than it was. That's not what God has called us to do. That's not what God has commissioned us to do. It's not what God had put the burden in Nehemiah's heart to do is to just improve it or to get part of the wall up. It was to finish the wall. And he left no breach. Oh, I pray to God that that's the testimony of this preacher. That he leaves no breach in the work that God would have for him to do. It's my prayer for the membership of the Emmanuel Baptist Church and to each one of you that you would be faithful and God would strengthen you so that the work that he would have you to do, you'd leave no breach, you'd finish. There's too many Christians when the adversity comes and, and situations changes like we face this year and say, well, I guess, I guess that changes everything. No, the Lord is worthy for us to continue to do the work and leave no breach. Just because the world changes around us does not mean the commands of this book change, the commission of the church changes, because it does not. Let's leave no breach. Pastor, are you talking about getting all 32 of those items completed? Absolutely. That's just the first 32. There's more for us to do for the cause of Christ. As we go to invitation tonight, I want you to think for a moment and allow the Spirit of God to speak to your heart. Is there a work that's undone now? To every parent who still has children at home, you still have a work undone. Don't quit before it's finished. Decide that. How many of you are still breathing tonight? Okay, the only reason I did that is some of you, I was nervous. But if you're still breathing tonight, here you sit on a Sunday night in the Emmanuel Baptist Church, there's part of a work that you can do. Don't leave it unfinished. Don't leave a breach. I pray that as the Emmanuel Baptist Church that God would allow us to accomplish everything and what we see from the life of Nehemiah is if Nehemiah would just show up and those that were with him would just show up every day to do the work, God would enable them to do it. Boy, that what a testimony. He left no breach. Father, I pray.